It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We're on the Saturday Friends Club. This is the first time we're actually broadcast on the actual radio. Woo. I know you're so excited. Hey, we're the Saturday Friends Club. We are a nostalgic trip through the things that we used to enjoy back in the age-old days of being younger and cooler than we currently are. Uh, over here, I'm Josh. Uh, Sabrina is here this week. Hello. Uh, and we also have two new friends. By the way, if you, if, uh, well, let me introduce them first. First, we have uh, Jeremiah. <laughs> Hello. And uh, we have uh, Christina. Hello. They are, they are also friends of ours. Uh, and uh, we, t- you know, as I said, we're, this is the first time out on terrestrial radio, so I think we probably should give a little explainer. Hello, hi, we're a podcast, a little bit different than the constant stream of music you usually hear on this radio station. Well, technically, since we're on the radio, we're a radio show. I mean, yeah, and we are. And then later, we become a podcast. I mean, technically, yes. We are now a radio show. I'm not going to, <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? KCRH 89.9 FM, the space best variety. Like, I could, that could do great. that. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I like these new friends of mine. They ego boost me a lot. Yeah, I don't get used to it. Aww. I'm used to hearing that, too. Uh, but, yes, uh, we pretty much, if you find us, sapfriendsclub.com. Uh, also on Twitter, sapfriendsclub. We talk about the things that we used to enjoy as, and maybe still enjoy. That is that is truthful. Uh, you know, and want to either subject our friends to or to uh you know actually see if they may enjoy it this week uh since we do have new friends we always like having our newest guests to actually participate in the discussion jeremiah i can i can participate you're you're the you're the one yes you you are the one participating uh well uh you you brought us what did you bring us this uh, week uh this week we're gonna watch explorers or we watched explorers rather yes past Um, tense and uh, yeah, so I, I this was one of those movies that really affected me strongly as a kid because, uh, you know, it was all about the wonderment of being a kid and all the things that can happen and, you know, <laughs> looking to the sky and all that. Or that, that's the way I saw it uh, when I was a kid mm-hmm. uh, on rewatching it. Maybe not so much. <laughs> I mean, it follows the great lineage of like movies from the 80s where kids are like plucky and able to get into adventures and never really get into too much danger, even though everything is crazy and like whimsical. Oh, they were in definite danger. If you think about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It it was not going to work out for them uh, or it shouldn't have really when you look at it, but you know, no, they, the things happen that, you know, if, if we were say that this was anywhere close to reality, uh, would kill them. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, so basically, like, growing up, like, how how did you come into contact with this? Well, so my family was kind of obsessed with with movies. So we had a huge movie collection, recorded things off the television on VHS all the time. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, this was one of those movies that I, I think I rented when I was very, very young. And then we watched it a bunch, and then I got a recording and watched it a whole bunch more times. Um, so it has a really strong nostalgia for sure. So you actually need like the VCR lines, like getting the high def isn't, isn't getting it the way you want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you need you need that little recorder. You need the uh, you need like the scan lines to start going out, and it goes into like super low def for a few times. <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't say SP long play on the top of the screen when you start it, it's probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, the high def just do, doesn't do it. Uh, so had anybody, Christina, did you <laughs> encounter this before? No, I assume no, Jeremiah I laid it. this upon you. Yeah, a week ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, I've got this great movie for the podcast. You need to see it. <laughs> Greats in quotes. I love it. <laughs> Well, we do have one person, Sabrina. You've seen this movie. I did not think I had seen it, actually, until we were watching it. And at the very end, I was like, oh, my God, I've caught this end of this movie a few times on television before. (laughs) But, yeah, I didn't recognize until the very end because I always would catch it at the end. So, yeah, that was kind of weird because they were at, they asked me before, have you seen this before? I'm like, no, I don't think so. And then watching it, it's just like, God damn it. Well, <laughs> this very much is hard turns the movie. Yeah, because where, where it starts <laughs> off, you don't expect it to end up where it ends up, to be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is probably what makes this movie kind of interesting to watch. Like, 
we we will get into it, but the first half, I could imagine like a young kid being like, all right, this is kind of interesting, but maybe a little boring. And then for a young kid, the second half is like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> See, I kind of felt, I, I felt opposite as a young kid. The whole first half of the movie was my favorite part. And the second half was, I was like, well, maybe I can just stop it here. <laughs> They get to the spaceship and done. Well, <laughs> let me not spoil too much on that. Uh, I have not seen this, so uh, watching Explorers was the first go for me. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. How about we go ahead and get three plucky little kids together? Let's go ahead and have an 80s-style adventure where we go and uh, try and figure out like how to travel through space and make <laughs> bubbles in the air and maybe we'll make a weird two weird somewhat flirty friends along the way uh how about we become explorers So much whimsy. <laughs> I feel like I'm flying. <laughs> it's extremely whimsical. Yeah. All right. So Explorers is a 1985 American sinus si, science sinus. <laughs> it's starting, guys. Don't worry. I mean, it was gooey later. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there was some practical effects for sure. Um, Explorers is a 1985 American science fiction fantasy film written by Eric Luke and directed by Joe Dante. The film stars Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix in their film debut, debuts, and Jason Presson as teenage boys who build a spacecraft to explore outer space. The special effects were produced by ILM with makeup effects by Rob Botton. Yeah, it's a movie by ILM. There's a, there's a there's a well known group right there. <laughs> I mean, they are local, so. Oh yeah, local heroes. ILM, <laughs> the underdogs. I didn't uh, know that. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, you could just uh, they're like down. Actually, I think there is. If you go to San Francisco, there's a Yoda statue. Uh, and if you go to the Yoda Yoda statue, like ILM is directly like right above it. Like oh, there's wow. there's a se- wait there's no, a setup. no no it's not in San it's not in San Francisco. I'm making up the story now that they are in San Francisco. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So if you look for the Yoda statue, I don't even know if there's a Yoda statue. This is all hearsay. <laughs> I'm want- just gonna let you go with it, and then people can tell you you're wrong. I, I mean that has been my life, so yes. <laughs> It's not too uncommon. I'll be calling you after our exploration. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we walked in the entirety of San Francisco and could not find a Yoda statue. <laughs> How dare you lie to me? It's a very small statue. <laughs> it's in the bay. <laughs> Little known fact, ILM is underwater. <laughs> All right. Uh, so a uh, little bit of basis of this movie uh, that... Um, I think we should go ahead and say right offhand, and we've kind of mentioned before, this is a very this is a schizophrenic movie that becomes like a different movie halfway through. Yeah, it definitely changes its opinion on what it should be most of the way through the movie. Because we start in like the, you know, oh, we're a bunch of plucky kids. We know how to code. Like we're able to do this weird science thing. Like let's, oh, this is kind of neat. And then there's a moment and they reach outer space and there's a spaceship and it's just tonal shift. Like, all of a sudden, we're in goofy, zany, happy, zombie, not zombie, uh, alien kind of hitting on you land. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was some weird alien creepiness going remember, on there. Remember the 80s when it was okay for, like, kids to be really sexual? <laughs> yeah, I, on, on rewatching it, there was a several several moments in the movie where uh, I was just like, oh, that's kind of awkward. Yes. <laughs> what Did they just say that? Okay. Yeah, just just kids just going and creeping on other other kids and staring into windows mm-hmm. late night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine. Yeah, let, let let's show this to our children and let them know that this is okay yes. behavior. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
having a weird like tendril touching romance oh. in the spaceship. <laughs> The weird suction cup thing. Yeah, too. it's a weird <laughs> suction cup at yeah. the end of their fingers. Well, that's someone's kink. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, basically, the the reason for the weirdness is that this film was actually rushed, rushed into production and never properly finished because the production studio at the time went, uh, we need to make this a summer blockbuster. So uh, we're using the rough cut and it is going out now. Uh, so hence the reason why if you watch it, the first half is like, oh, this is pretty. Yeah, OK, we're following the story beats. And then after a while, you just kind of feel like the legs are f- just they're just <laughs> tripping over themselves. Yeah. So yeah. when we were watching it, uh, there were a couple moments in the beginning where we're like, wow, this is all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's this is worth a watch. And then and then you realize kind of most of the way through that you should have just watched Goonies instead for that kind of <laughs> yeah. exploring. <as> an <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many points where I was like, that's from the Goonies. That's from the Goonies. That's from the Goonies. What the heck is this movie? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so uh, the actual, let's see, uh, director Dante revealed that the studio demanded that he stop editing and rush it for a July release so that it could get overshadowed by Live Aid and the stiff competition of Back to the Future. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that Ouch. is pretty stiff competition. Yeah. Just a little yeah. bit. Uh, it opened nine days previous, though it is a cult classic, as mentioned, because of its, uh, of its um, VHS release of which everybody got a copy because they were like, hey, we need to shovel this into kids. And they did. Yep. (laughs) All right, well, let's go ahead and start down the plot of this. Ben Crandall is a young teenage boy living in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., who experiences vivid dreams about flying through clouds and over a vast city-like circuit board, usually after falling asleep watching old sci-fi films like The War of the Worlds. Um, It's very... This this starts the the godchild process. <laughs> you know what? I had a very con like watching this movie. I thought of Contact. Contact. Yeah, I would agree with that. Actually, it, it it's like kid like Contact. Yeah, it definitely is kid Contact. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man, I'm glad Contact didn't go that direction. <laughs> no, though. <laughs> like she just fall like I'm sorry if I'm gonna spoil a little bit of contact for you, but basically she like goes through the weird sphere device and just shows up in the other end and it's just that same weird goopy guy <laughs> with suction cups. Secrets like, oh. of the universe, I got him here. Yuck yuck yuck. It's the stuff stars are made of. <laughs> Uh, Every night upon waking from the dream, he draws the circuit board. Ben shows the sketches to his friend, child prodigy Wolfgang Mueller, which is not part of a Nazi family at all. Not at all. Holy crap. That is the the most German family ever. Um, And they had like 12 kids in that movie. Yeah, there were too many kids in that house. All of them infants, except for the Wolfgang. Yeah. 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 Yep. All very yep. blonde. Yes. <laughs> so, all, yes. All, oh, go ahead. Oh, on on the Wolfgang subject, it's kind of interesting because originally the director was going to be Wolfgang Peterson, hmm. uh, who actually made Enemy Mine the year after this was released. But he, he got turned down because he wanted to film this in Germany like he did with Enemy Mine. <laughs> oh. So this might have been a completely different movie if they had let him film it in Germany. Wow. <laughs> So Interesting. Just, you know, with the, the German Nazi family that is Wolfgang. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how confusing that'd be? My name is Wolfgang. I am a director. Your character is named Wolfgang. Wolfgang! Huh? <laughs> that would get confusing after a while. Chaos on the set. <laughs> Wolfgang. Wait, did somebody say action? Crap. I don't... <laughs> uh, also, an interesting thing, they... they uh, I forget the exact term. It's like uh, cast against this particular kid because I believe he's South African. So they had to like work with him to be like, he didn't know like any of the lingo. Like he was very like unfamiliar with a lot of the terms that they were using on set. So, so basically they were. So they had this kid who was South African. He had to do an American accent and he had to learn American lingo to be on an American movie. set. Yes. Wow. So basically, he would come in and just like they would be saying like terms to him, and he'd be like, "What?" Like they had to like coach him along the way to explain like, "Oh no, this is what this means." You know, it's a it's a good thing that they gave him the nerdy character, then, huh? I guess, yeah. You could just be like, 
no, I'm smarter than you. Go Wait, away. Which one was South African? I believe the the actual like the the kid, kid that played Wolfgang. Well, Wolfgang was River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Well, see, yeah, okay, yeah. maybe I'm horrifically wrong. I'll take a look at the notes later. <laughs> maybe you're talking about the other kid, the the one that played like the pseudo bad boy kid yeah. with the family problems. Yeah, let the, can we, let's take a detour yeah. and talk about these. We don't kids. know anything about him. We we only know that the first two characters are played by Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix, who we know we know who they are because they became famous later as they got older. Yeah, so the characters Ethan Hawke plays Ben Crandall, River Phoenix is Wolfgang Mueller, and Jason Preston is Darren Woods. Okay, so maybe it's Preston you're talking about. Uh, Darren Woods, maybe? Could be. Mm. I'll just have to check this info later. Okay. We will figure this out. He doesn't have any other credits to his name on IMDb. Yeah, he I has the he same looked. picture from the Explorers yeah. on his IMDb. <laughs> so I'm not what? sure if he was in anything else, oh, to be honest. Wow. Uh, he has a few things. I see Gremlins 2. Oh, what? Wait, uh, seriously? Yeah, he was Alex the Yogurt Jerk. The Yogurt <laughs> Jerk. Now I'm going to have to watch that when I get home. I just got to see it. The Yogurt Jerk. All right, so uh, moving on from that, um, let's see. He shows the sketches to his friend, child prodigy Wolfgang Mueller. At school, Ben develops a crush on Lori Swenson, but isn't mm-hmm. sure whether it's mutual. I will say that um, one thing I, I will add is that the 80s was full of gang kids mm-hmm. like yeah. just the just the pack of kids that just beat people up and it's just you know that somebody somewhere is just going ah boys will be boys yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like that's just in every 80s movie it's like that's just how it is guys there's just the pack of bullies that's just like don't worry at the end they'll get their they'll get justice will be got but by some supernatural force <laughs> except for in this movie no. where no justice is ever irked at at all <laughs> not at they all they show up for this one scene and you never hear from them ever again it's like we just need we just we cannot resist adding bullies to a movie. Like I don't, it, I don't want to go jump too far ahead, but they were the bullies were in the drive-in. I'm pretty sure they were killed. Oh yeah, there <laughs> yeah. I guess that is that yeah. scene, huh? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, really that, 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 that shack did collapse upon everybody yes. inside, so yeah. And it flew through really fast. When yes, it it did. Through. <laughs> and, and we know that it can bust holes in the pipes, so people <laughs> yes. died. Um yes. So comeuppance. We don't we don't talk about that. Oh yeah, I guess there it is. So they resolved it. There you go. They they were all buried alive. Uh, Anyway, moving in, uh, both boys meet the punkish but likable Darren Woods, whom they share their circuit board concepts for. I feel like Darren just showed up. Mm -hmm. Like he really just like I'm here now in this film. (laughs) Hi, I don't. I'm not really going to contribute at all in this film. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. He did contribute because he's the one that took them to the junkyard later. Okay. And that is about all he does because the rest of it, he's just like, I'm just going to eat snacks here. (laughs) No, he he helped build the rocket ship. Yes, they all all three did. He's part of the crew. But like you have um, basically you have Ethan Hawke's character like being the like, oh, I know all the. Like I've got, I've got the, I'm the mastermind, (laughs) and then like Wolfgang is the one putting all the like the circuit boards together, and like his character is just kind of like, I don't know, I just seem kind of (laughs) sleepy. Yeah, I'd say that's true. I I kind of felt like through the whole movie there was all this character development for him that should have been there. Mm -hmm. They talk about his parents, and you think he's in a really bad situation, and kind of allude to the fact that maybe his dad beats him. But then later in the movie, they're like, he's like, I really miss my dad. (laughs) Like, I felt like that was basically his whole point in the movie. What a weird character arc. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So um, Wolfgang builds an actual microchip based on Ben's drawings. The chip enables the generation of an electromagnetic bubble that surrounds a predetermined area. As the boys discover, the bubble is capable of moving near limitless distances and speeds without the usual ill effects from inertia. They construct a rudimentary spacecraft out of an abandoned tilt-a-whirl car, which they named the ship Thunder Road for really dumb <laughs> reasons, because it's a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> but that's so cool. Yeah, as a kid, I would have loved to have like any kind of abandoned amusement park 
item. Spaceship. Like, spaceship. <laughs> creepy even, clown head. Yeah, creepy clown head. <laughs> Till twirl in my backyard. I would have loved it. it yeah, that, that's that's totally a sign that you're doing well if you have a old piece oh, of sure. amusement park <laughs> in your backyard. I would have enjoyed a funhouse mirror. Yes, yes. I think that's the most practical yeah. thing you could take from a creepy uh, carnival ground. Okay. It's like, man, I'm looking slim today. <laughs> I feel like I need one now. <laughs> looking good. Oh, no, if I stand this way, it looks bad. Uh, uh, let's see. So uh, their experiments with Thunder Road draw attention from the United States government for a total of three minutes, uh, which sends agents out to scout the area for UFOs. One whole agent. Yeah. <laughs> one helicopter. One one helicopter, one agent who, when he sees them fly away, just essentially has the, like, basically just looks up and goes, eh, good going. And that's it. it. Never a, seen again. But wait a minute. It wasn't even an agent. It was a guy from the sheriff's office. Yeah, he went rogue completely. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Because the other guy that was with him was what was like, I'm ready to go home. And the other guy's, I'm going to keep looking. And it's played by that guy that's like in so many movies from that time period, too. And I'm pretty sure he gets bigger parts than this. Yeah, I feel like that just fit into the follow your dreams so you can be disappointed thing. Right. It's, so the reason he's like, oh, good job, kids. It's like he wanted to follow his dreams. Yeah. And never got a chance to. So now these kids are following their dream. Only to find what real disappointment is. Well, he kind of alluded to the fact that he had the same dream at some point when mm -hmm. he was a kid, mm -hmm. which is just like, okay, are we going to go back to that at some point? And like, no, no, he's just going to be there when they take off again and actually go to outer space just to be like, you go, kid, you go. <laughs> go fulfill your dream. Uh, it may have been, uh, looking at the IMDb, it may have been... Dick Miller as Charlie Drake, though who knows? I don't think they ever mentioned his name in the movie. Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. It was Charlie and George, I think, were the two uh, guys. Gordon, the probably. Gordon, okay, yeah. Charlie and Gordon. Yeah, so he basically they show up for three scenes, one of which they're in a helicopter going, oh, look at that thing. Another where it's like, no, I'm going to look at that thing. And then the third being he finds them flying away and goes, eh, good going, kids. That's it. Well, first he finds the rocket ship. Then he finds the jacket left in the rocket ship with the kid's name and address on yeah, it. Yeah, remember then when that goes... was a thing you do? <laughs> hey, this is where you can find a kid. Then he goes and creepily like finds the kid walking out of the house to go back to the spaceship, and he grabs him, and he's like, is this your jacket? Like, really meanly, like he was in trouble or something. To then show up later when they're lifting off to be like smiling and you go, kid. It's like, why were you acting all mean and scary to him when you found him then? What's wrong with you? I guess they had to have some kind of bad guy protagonist, kind of. But well, he didn't even care in the end. He was happy true. for them. Yeah. That's why it didn't make any sense. As we talk about this, I do realize that this film lacks an antagonist. It does. It has no real antagonist throughout the entire thing. So maybe that's what he was supposed to be, but then they just decided to drop it completely. I mean, because at some point, like the the basis of the movie, once they finally get to space, spoilers, uh, is like the moment he is gone, unless he like makes his own spaceship to chase them, like doesn't make much sense. I mean, no. it was the first rough edit, so maybe they meant to add more later to explain some of that, and they just never got to it the funny thing about the script for this movie is that when it was pitched they said we don't really have a good ending for the movie we'll make it during production <laughs> why do they always oh. do that for movies terrible the, the original <sighs> ending for this movie was them on a alien planet playing baseball oh my goodness wow. <laughs> <laughs> which is in some ways better than what they got <laughs> It might have been. Uh, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to it. After Ben receives more dreams about the circuit board, Wolfgame discovers a means of producing unlimited sustainable oxygen. Uh, this is an important point because they have discovered that inside of the sphere, you it's pretty much airtight, so they can't breathe. Or they, they can breathe, but they'll just run out of actual oxygen. Yeah, so, so their original plan was to have a big tank of oxygen and pressurize the inside of the bubble. I'm sure that would have worked out really well in the long run. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> well, there is a there is a point that they have to like open up the bubble at like 
30,000 feet to which it's like, hey, guys, guess what? There's not a lot up there. No, there's not. No. You're, you're going to be pretty much just like, oh, sweet. We'll open this and get some more oxygen and close it real fast. And you're still going. <laughs> well, they opened it because he wanted to turn the thing off to gain control of it again when they were first trying to escape it when they were being taken over the first time. So he unhooked the machine. So that got rid of the bubble because he turned off the machine and then he put it back in so they would have control of it. So that was the first time they went out. Mm -hmm. And then the second time they're like, okay, this time we're going to let them take us because now we want them to let us take whatever. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Whoever is sending these messages, just take us away. Just <laughs> Yeah, because at first they were like, oh, no, who's who's trying to control the spaceship? And they're like, oh, no, we got to get control back. So but then the second time they were like ready and they let them this time. Yeah, that was, I feel like that whole unlimited oxygen machine, that was the only dream that they all had together to start with, right, is how yeah. to make that one. And uh, and then once Hold they had on, that, guys. it was okay to go. Yeah, for they some might as, reason. Sorry. Might as well just name this movie MacGuffins. Like, what new <laughs> MacGuffin do we need to make? It's like, <laughs> all right, so we need to we need a sphere. It's spheres of MacGuffin. And then, oh, wait, but then it's airtight, so we need an oxygen MacGuffin and... This and then they had everything. This movie's weird. <laughs> they only needed two things, a rocket ship and oxygen. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need to yeah. go to outer space. And a dream. And a dream. Uh, and I'm, snacks. I'm, and a, snacks. A, a magical <laughs> program that defeats all gravity and just Einstein would just be pounding his fist going, Nine! Nine! <laughs> all they needed was a special microchip that did everything. Yep. Somehow magically making air for them, too. Yeah. I would be very curious to have somebody that is actually an electrical engineer look at the... Because the schematics is, like, actual engineering, like, schematics. I, I don't know what they mean, but yeah. I see it, and it's just like... I want them to just look at it and go, like, this is a stupid, simple... <laughs> like, this wouldn't work. It's just a microchip. They had no machinery to do anything once they did the microchip. They didn't mention programming or any of that other stuff. They were just like, oh, this is just a design for a microchip. You can't just design a microchip and expect it to do everything. It, the, it's more, more complicated than that. But the microchip programmed itself. <laughs> Okay, but did it build the machine itself? No, they built the machine. Three kids who have no idea what they're doing. Well, I mean, basically it was the, the microchip built the program around it. They ran the program, which for some reason allowed them to make the bubble, that the bubble they were able to expand to put the, the tilt-a-whirl inside of that allowed them to float through space. Technically, they didn't even need the rocket ship. That's true. They no. could have just sat in the bubble. Yeah. yeah. Just, the, just there with a weird oxygen canister, yeah, just like yeah. flying along. I think the reason they wanted the ship was because when Wolfgang was in it before, he was like, whoa. Yeah, he was kind of floating all around the <laughs> Look place. Look how wibbly wobbly I am. So that even makes it more awkward, right? Because the second time they put somebody in a bubble, he he is viewing the girl he likes through a window and just sitting on the bottom of the bubble yep. like it's mm -hmm. nothing. Poking holes all in this bubble. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Why is not the tilt-a-whirl like the moment it started just just like yeah. spinning like a madman? It like it just be wheels. a vomit machine. That's what I thought, too. It's on, it's on wheels. I feel like it would just roll around forever in circles. Our, our d design of our ship was very good until we realized we couldn't vomit anymore. It is a tilt-a-whirl, after all. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, so after making the uh, oxygen, um, they finalize their plan to explore the galaxy in search of alien life. The boys complete liftoff despite interferences from the authorities, one of whom silently wishes them well. The only one that cared. Shortly after breaking Earth's orbit, something overrides the boys' personal computer controls. The Thunder Road is tractor-beamed aboard a much larger spaceship. And so the movie turns <laughs> into this. <laughs> the boys venture out to meet their captors, Wack and Neek. Two green-skinned aliens whose knowledge of Earth comes almost entirely from junk culture, particularly television reruns. The young explorers hit off with their extraterrestrial hosts, but the alien ship is suddenly intercepted by a large, still alien vessel. All right, let's talk about these aliens. They're annoying. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is where the movie gets really awkward. Yeah. yeah. Extremely. It's a spiral. It's a downward spiral. <laughs> it doesn't go back up. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to see is Wack or Neek. Uh, essentially, there is boy alien and girl alien. Wack is the boy. Yeah, he's the boy alien. Okay. So Wack is pretty much essentially just like, hi, I'm Johnny Carson sketch. Hey, look, you know, it's 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 every time somebody decides that the, it is it is Johnny Five done poorly. Yeah, yeah, I could believe that. I'm I, sorry, I, it's Johnny Five, but even poorer. Even poorer. <laughs> Sabrina shakes her head. <laughs> Listen, we we agreed. Short Circuit was fine, except for the weird, like, semi-racist stuff. Yeah, but, there, uh, there was that. There was that. <laughs> but um, you know, the 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 entire thing with uh with this is just. It goes on so long. Yeah, yeah, it's so pointless. I feel there's like 15 minutes there of him just talking in television voices with big giant television screens behind him. And just like projected onto himself. Like, yeah. so it's very like he's talking like all these like really bad jokes. But meanwhile, there are like explosions and bombs like going off on his skin and projected behind him. And you're just like, what is happening? That was the that was the horror movie aspect of it, I think. <laughs> but they're all just sitting there, just like, huh? Uh, yeah. Okay. Even I felt like the kid, like the kids were like, "Is this going somewhere?" Absolutely nowhere. I like the expressions on the kids' faces as they slowly learn what they have gotten themselves into. Yeah, like, this is what I've asked for. Why? <laughs> this is what dreams are made of. <laughs> <laughs> to be destroyed. I mean, it would be as it would be as equivalent as if you got like pulled up into an alien ship today and found out that you know basically their entire like culture is memes. So you know you basically they're just there and they come up and it's like, can I has cheeseburger? And you're like, God, no! <laughs> this is not what you're supposed to take from us. <laughs> we have so much society here. Here's Wikipedia. We will select which pages you see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, oh my we will goodness. need to be careful about that well, citation needed there's also just kind of that whole moment where it, you have the the girl alien kind of hitting on wolfgang the entire time yeah that, you know yeah got really awkward as well do you, you have a girlfriend he gets really smooth at that point too he's <laughs> like well i've got lots of girls <laughs> no one in particular but i'm not tied down <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh my goodness! I'm glad they didn't continue that scene. It would have gotten even more awkward. Yes, yeah, yes, luckily yes. it was interrupted by the other two boys and the other alien walking in. <laughs> uh, so said so the uh, young explorers headed off with their extraterrestrial hosts, but then the alien ship is suddenly intercepted by a larger, still alien vessel. Feigning an attack by space pirates, Walk urges the boys to leave. They are in the process of doing so when they're inter interrupted by a gigantic brown extraterrestrial, oh. this one bearing a close resemblance <laughs> to the other oh. two, who gestures furiously while grinding out barely comprehensible alien language. Uh, and now for another language. scene that goes on too long. That alien language, though. Oh, just the alien in and of itself. I mean, so the other two aliens, they have eye stalks. This one has two arms with hands with the suction cups just flailing about, shooting yes. out of the top of his head. And, and, and by the way, I would, I would advocate, please go Google Walk and Neek just so you can see their designs because they are both fascinating and like, so ridiculously slapdash. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like it, it looks like that they're they wear a collar of like hot dog wrappers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're they're shiny the entire time, but apparently not wet. <laughs> See the characters touch them constantly. No and you know, no one ever has like wet hands or anything. They're just shiny. Yeah. There there's that one scene when this new big like extraterrestrial comes in and just like, does a big belly slap. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. He's like, oh, oh, doesn't he have power tools wrapped around his waist too? Like a like a utility belt stuffed with power tools. He's like the Batman of the alien universe. <laughs> it was a utility belt. 
Anyways. As it turns out, Walk and Neek are brother and sister, and they've taken their father's ship out for a joyride, sending the dreams to the boys in the hopes of meeting humans. Transmissions of old black and white movies are uh, have kept the extraterrestrial populace at a distance, except for the curious Walk and Neek, due to the way humans generally depict violence towards alien life. Um, I will say that there are two movies that they uh, that they show in this, which is War of the Worlds, and, and then Island This Earth. Island Earth, which is ah for anyone that's a mystery science theater fan is delicious. Um, they also show the the day the Earth stood still as well. Oh yeah, the yeah. that 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 particular scene specifically at this point mm-hmm. uh, to be like, no, you guys just straight up murk us. Like nope. we're not gonna come down there. They're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids, I, I thought it was hilarious. The kids try to justify it by being like, no, those are just movies. Yeah. We're not like that. Like everybody <laughs> watching the movie's like, no, no, we yeah, are. That's, yeah, no, that's probably how we would react, to be honest. Yeah, don't worry, just just wait a little while. We'll make the Watchmen comics, and you'll understand, no, that's probably how we do it. <laughs> nope. Uh, Walk and Neek's father allows the Thunder Road and its crew to depart. After Walk and Neek give the boys a parting gift, an amulet which, according to the extraterrestrials, is the stuff dreams are made of. <laughs> to which I don't think we ever actually understand what that amulet does. It allows you to dream fly? Together? Really. Yeah. <laughs> like all four of them dream fly together? Well, well hold on. I just want to highlight something. Go ahead and highlight. So Neek hugs Wolfgang and she quotes a movie. We'll always have Paris. And the father <laughs> alien goes, blah, 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 Paris. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, that was the best thing because that, that, was the best part. that scene, that scene, much like the one before it, where they were just going off on the thing, was starting to drag on ridiculously yes. long. It's like, when are you leaving? When are you leaving? And pretty much, it's just Paris throws gone. They are out the ship, and I'm like, thank you, thank you, Daddy Alien. Paris. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. It was just weird because he's speaking in an alien language, and they're obviously can speak the alien language in the English language. But then the fact that he would pick up on certain words, so the fact that he went Paris, uh oh, was just hilarious. <laughs> it was just like the best part. That probably was the best gag in the, in the whole thing. It might have been the only funny part, actually, yeah. looking back on it. Uh, the boys make it back safely to Earth, but a malfa- malfunction results in them crashing the Thunder Road into the neighborhood lake. Uh, now they're back to square one, or so they think. <laughs> a week later, Ben is dream- daydreaming in class, in which he envisions another vast circuit board while flying through more clouds overhead. This time, thanks to Walk and Neek's amulet, Ben is joined in the dream by Wolfgang, Darren, and Lori. They proclaim that the circuitry is really complicated and wonder where this one will take them once they have constructed it. Lori smiles at Ben while holding his hand. Oh, and they kiss. And, and they kiss. she kisses him. Yeah. And in the like least relationship ever. Yeah, it was really <laughs> awkward. I thought yeah. that was really awkward. It's so like, he hasn't done anything to to merit a kiss. First of all, like first he snoops at your window. He talks about you all the time, even though he. You you have no idea he's into you, and so and then you pop up in this random dream together, and you want to kiss him. That's well, your first reaction. And she also has this weird ability, like she's psychic in a way. Oh yeah, she like somehow dreamed about them crashing, and so she went to investigate and saw that her dream was real. Yeah, and and then she also was the only person who looked outside. Like while they were flying away on their oh, spaceship, just yeah. to be like, "Oh, look! Weird. I'm just gonna look outside now." Uh, there is one scene a little earlier on that we missed, which we talked about for a moment the uh, the one at the uh, drive-in. Yes. Yeah. So basically, they like where we want to go while while they're testing out the spaceship, and they decide to go to the drive-in. Which basically, there's a super horrible like fake movie that they've made. Yeah. yeah. You, what, what was the yeah. details uh, of it? The the movie's name is Star Killer, and it was based on old Italian Star Wars parody. So they parodied a parody and then dubbed it. And uh, the guy, actually, the, the actor that played Walk also played uh, Starkiller in the movie. Uh, and that was actually had the Wilhelm scream in it as well, which, you know, I feel like if you're doing sci-fi, you have to have the Wilhelm scream somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so you got that. 
in, in that part of the movie. As a <laughs> oh, shout out. yeah. That but that weird. was the part where they murdered all those kids. Yeah, they crashed right, <laughs> yeah, into, they, the, <laughs> right into the diner. Just, they, they just broke up the whole... The whole theater it was ruined. It's also very. It's also like a little clunky in a way too, because like there, there's an earlier scene where they have that little ball and it's just like bouncing all around the uh, the the their basement and it goes outside and it comes back in and like it's just doing complete and total destruction. And as mm-hmm. this like tilt a whirl is going through this building, it feels like it just like he goes into a room and stops and then goes a little more and stops and then goes. <laughs> Yep. It's always like, oh boy, look at all this damage. Hold on, we got to change the camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at all this damage. So the, the ball in the basement, you know, I felt like everything that it touched, it just went straight through and like left mm-hmm. a completely circu- circular hole. Yeah. But when they go through the drive-ins, like, you know, concession area, it like busts through the wall, kind of, you know, uh, yeah. Kool-Aid man style. Oh, I almost yeah. expected an oh yeah <laughs> that moment. <laughs> It destroyed that kid's house. The ball did. Oh yeah, it was done. Yeah, that yeah. foundation's not surviving. No, there, there, there were also like a lot of references to like other movies in this movie. Yes, a ridiculous yes. amount. It yeah. was kind of crazy. Like I can't, I can't think of any of the specific ones right now. But as I was watching, I was like, they just keep referencing movie after another movie. It's really weird. Like, especially that scene, like, I, I know he didn't say anything specifically, but that scene when they're watching their ship sink into the water, like, and they were all just standing there staring at it, I was just getting such hard Goonies vibes mm-hmm. from that part right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's almost like they wanted it to be that. <laughs> well, I'm sure that everybody... Goonies, w- but space. Everybody wanted to have a Goonies movie in the 80s, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, how about a little bit of trivia here? This may be an interesting thing, but this movie is in the Gremlins universe. Oh. Yeah, I was just actually going to say that it's in the what? Gremlins. Go, ahead, go yeah. ahead if you want to go ahead wow. and, re- and read it off. Yeah. So in in Gremlins, there's a newspaper that has a headline talking about a UFO, unexplained UFO in another town, and it's a reference to Explorers. Oh. And my inside goodness. of here, when the helicopter pilot talks uh, or looks at a newspaper, one of the headlines says, Kingston Falls Riot Still Unexplained. Uh, Kingston Falls is where the events of Gremlins took place. Holy wow. moly. Wow. So there you go. There's your tie-in. And uh, there's a, a nod to a, a Dante film, The Howling, as well in it. Um, it's a headline referencing that a fire at the colony, colony is suspected of arson. Oh, okay. So this, the all those movies are directed by the same person, then, or created by the same person. Sure, sounds like it. They're oh, at least that. connected. It was a dream. <laughs> I mean, you have to also remember that that on top of the junkyard is Rosebud from Citizen Kane. So, is this in the same universe as Citizen Kane? No, 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 no. no. There actually is an explanation for it when you see stuff like that. Okay. If it's made by the same studio, a lot of the studios have a giant warehouse that they keep all their props. And sometimes, what they do to save money is they'll go through the warehouse and collect props that were used in other movies. That way, they don't have to worry about creating extra props that they don't need to especially if it's something that's just like in the background so uh that will actually happen in a lot of movies where you'll see props from other movies reused again and again because they don't want to have to go through the trouble of either buying it again or making it again right so that's actually very common weren't you telling me about the computer that the kid used yeah so i thought this was kind of the the most interesting thing about the movie so this movie's budget was 25 million dollars uh, for being a first cut movie that they didn't add anything else to, that's a crazy budget. Um, and all of the computer graphics that they did or non-practical effects were all done by hand on uh, like a $35,000 computer. So everything that's shown on the screen uh, was real-time uh, programming written to like show those vector kind of graphics. And then uh, the bubble, that was kind of the most interesting thing. They did it on the computer uh, as well. And they used a mouse to every scene, move the bubble on top of the spaceship. So it wasn't actually painted on or anything, like moving it across. And I I wondered why that looked so good even now. And that was why it was kind of a computer practical effect. I guess is the best way to Almost like the first of its kind then. Yeah. Like ILM's just finally starting to get into computer graphics. Yeah, so they it was supposed to be an Apple IIc that he was using, mm-hmm. uh, but it turns out it was an SGI Iris 1400 workstation that cost 
$35,000. So they bought this just to do the graphics in the movie. So, you know, it gives you some idea of where that $25 million went. I want to know <laughs> nice. where the other, you know, $24 million went. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, talking about the budget, this uh, this movie was a budget of roughly $25 million, as you mentioned. Opening weekend, $3.6 million. Uh, grossed about nine point eight million. So uh, here's a nice fat bomb for you. Yeah. So you talk about a bomb now. It's making like you know a couple million more than you spent on it. This is an awful bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you think tw- back then twenty five million? You're probably looking at like ah uh, probably sixty million with inflation. So meaning that this movie was probably like uh twenty million equivalent. Wasn't good for them. No. No. Uh, all right, Jeremiah. Explorers. Wow. So uh, going back and watching it now, that was that was tough. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't quite as good as I remember it being. It has been a while since I watched it. But, you know, I'll still assert that the first half of the movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. The first half has a lot of potential. It has a lot of places it could go. It could go. And then just kind of get uh, just hmm. Sabrina, you 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 were a fan of the second half. You, rem- you remembered the second half? I remembered the second half because I'd seen it a few times, yeah. <laughs> now, now filling in the puzzle. I agree. The first half of the movie, before you get to the aliens, I think it still is good. Like, you can see where it was kind of going. But then when you get to the aliens, like, just like before, it's just it's just weird. Like, I'm sure as a kid, I thought the aliens were hilarious. But now, as an adult, they were mostly just annoying, and I didn't understand the point of them being there at all. Like, you didn't really learn anything. Like, maybe yeah. a little bit about, oh, we won't visit Earth because we're scared they're just going to kill us if we get there. That was the only thing that, like, came up that I thought was important to the story and why they brought the kids out up to them versus going down to Earth. Right. But, yeah, I just... I mean, you can tell that they didn't have time to finish editing it. Like, I feel like if they had the time, maybe it could have turned out better. But also the alien design was just like super wacky. Like me and it's worse than me and Mac. Mm. No, it's worse than me and Mac. Mm, Mac and me is real, real rough. Man, I had some real nostalgia for that movie. And going back and watching it now, it's so hard. Yes. (laughs) And we we watched it for MST3K. They they did it right. Uh, I think Riff Tracks was the one that was, did it. Yeah. Um, okay, one of those. No, did no, no, it. no. It was part of the recent uh, the recent Netflix MST3K. Yeah, that that's cr- that was that was the first time I'd rewatched in a really long time, and I could not believe how bad it was. Because I remember loving that movie yep. when I was a kid, loving it. Oh, but I don't know. Okay. I know. I, I like I, I can enjoy these aliens for like how zany and weird they are. Mac and me looks has constant O face with like these cheeks. <laughs> uh, and it just makes me hate. But they had that great tune they whistled. Yeah. That was the whole point of the O face, right? Uh. They, they were whistlers. <laughs> Boy. I can't comment. I've never seen Mac and Me. Oh boy, yeah. Oh, we're doing that. Yeah, yeah we got to do uh, Mac and Me. Uh, yeah, we have been told that the best episodes we do are the ones where we hate. <laughs> hate so hard. Yeah. All right, Christina. Oh, I got the peanut butter solution. Oh right. well, well, I mean, what are you or, feeling on this? But we can do no, the peanut butter solution. No, that movie. on Explorers. I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Um. I think Explorers is really a movie on a lot of levels, uh, like really deep. It's it's a story about uh, the fight against the marching of time. Um, <laughs> you are selling this so hard <laughs> right now. Really following your dreams and, and trying to become the person that you really want to be and finding who that is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> it's terrible. What did you like most? The ending. <laughs> when it was over. <laughs> when it was over. <laughs> no, the beginning was okay. The beginning was okay. Um, but it does go off the rails pretty quickly. So, yeah. It is a movie. If you have nostalgia for it, I'd say, yeah, go ahead. Have your expectations that 
as kind of Jeremiah said when we first started talking about it, there there's a point that you could just stop if you so wanted to to leave like kind of the happy feelings going. Uh, but yeah, it is uh, that definitely it is something where it is imperfect, very much imperfect on a lot of levels. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, perfect. Thank you, Jeremiah, for bringing yeah. it, bringing that forward. Oh, I hope you really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the worst things we've seen. Mm, yeah, it's, that's true. That's true. We've seen a lot of things on this podcast, and that is not the worst of them. Uh, all right. Well, tell you what. Let's uh, since you you went ahead and brought it up. Uh, yeah. You I was looking out the window and got really distracted. There's a it is very pretty. It is. It is. Yeah. We have had rain, so it's very cloudy. Yes. yes. All right. So, uh, Christina, what's the thing you brought for us? <laughs> Talking about good movies. This is a great movie. Um, it's, <laughs> it's called The Peanut Butter Solution. And for about half of my life, I thought that I had made this movie up, that I imagined it. <laughs> And maybe, and maybe you should have. So next episode, we're going to we're going to go to Canada and watch a movie about uh, baldness. So, <laughs> child pattern baldness. <laughs> yeah, you can already tell how much by the room is laughing. How how? Get ready, strap it's in. It's a gem, really. Go go. I I highly recommend go to YouTube before after listening to this episode. Go on YouTube and just look up the best of or anything because we may say that like explorers is a might watch you probably should watch peanut butter solution oh yes just because oh god where this movie goes <laughs> all right well uh you can find us uh, saturday friends club sat friends club.com you can find us twitter sat friends club as well we do have the patreon patreon.com slash sat friends club where you can go ahead and be a lovely donor uh who uh, helps us out and sends over we do have the discord group we have early episodes that go up there and uh, some specialty stuff that we do uh and you can go ahead and hang out and uh, sometimes we do specialty shows on your suggestions Next week, it said we're gonna have a solution of peanut butter. It's not a. It's not as what as Mags was afraid of a peanut butter situation. It is not. That is certainly not. That's that's a dangerous, uh, dangerous thing. All right, we will catch you next week for more Saturday Friends fun. Till then, sleep well, everyone. <laughs>